0: Hey there,
1: Almost Human fans. You know what time it is. What's up? What up? Hey. Yeah, it's time for the Almost Human After Show. This is episode five, Blood Brothers. I am Matt Lieberman. Joining me on the panel tonight, we finally... We have yeah. the full panel here. Yay. I think Beautiful. this is the first episode family. where we have all four of us. Is together. Yes, yes. <laughs> the family is together. The
2: creepy clone
1: family. It's <laughs> finally together around the table. Uh,
3: but starting uh,
1: to my right, we have uh, Miss Megan Salinas. Hey, everybody. Mr. Ryan Hooks.
3: Hey, how's it going, Ryan Hooks? And Mr. Zach Wilson. Hey, guys. Oh man.
1: So, uh, first of all, I want—I'm going to give my thoughts on this episode. That I want to just hear what everyone thought. I thought that this to me was like a huge step up in complexity of the writing, quality of the production, the performances were top-notch. It just it really got me excited to see, okay, this is the kind of hour we can we can put out, you know, 5 weeks into the show airing and we're going to talk a little bit cuz there's some controversy about the uh, the show airing out of order. We brought it up on yep. the last podcast mm-hmm. and now we've since we've read the articles, we've freaked out about it for a <laughs> solid week and now we can talk about it with some measure of decorum uh, but I just I thought it was stellar what did you guys think
3: I agree I'm glad that they finally uh, got some fluid movement in the show mm-hmm. a little character development from more characters uh, I'm
2: excited to see where everything goes. I I loved it. I am so excited about this is the kind of science fiction stuff that I was looking forward to. The stuff with the cloning with the tied in with the psychic stuff that could be brought in through a procedure. That's a kind of like heavy sci fi that I'm gonna just get excited about and I hope that it keeps coming back. Yeah. What do you think, Megan?
4: I thought that was a lot of fun, uh, especially just the way she's like. I'm a petite psychic on good days. Uh, <laughs> what I really liked about this Again, episode, this show <laughs> is a comedy.
1: <laughs> it's, it's a comedy. Yes, sorry. Go but, ahead.
4: But I really liked the character bits from that. I liked her as a character. I thought she was adorable and a lot of fun. I like getting more of Detective Stahl. You know, we find out she's a big sports fan. Yeah, everything she's like, that.
1: like a hard edged tough chick. She doesn't take no guff she when bourbon, she's watching soccer. Yeah, she rocks.
4: Yeah, Kennex and Dorian, their back and forth was great, as always. And then uh, we got a bit on the captain. I really liked that.
3: Yeah, no. And Captain D-Bag got put in his place. Yes!
4: Oh,
1: yes. <laughs> D-Bag cop Detective Paul got put in his place. But also, he's starting, week by week, starting to feel like more like a natural part of this group. Like, we need somebody who's kind of a dick. He's on the side of Right. Uh, We don't hate him, but we we can't like him necessarily. Well,
4: there's a lot of cop shows. You always need that one curmudgeon. (laughs) He's a a prickly pear. He's He's never
2: out to do bad. He just has a bad attitude about the good things.
3: Right. Like, that's the
4: thing.
1: If he had an ounce of Dorian's charm, he could be Dorian. Because he's making similar jokes. But, like, you know, whereas Dorian, I think, sees the light and the humor and everything, this guy's just a D. But we're going to get to him later. We also got something that uh, I think all television is lacking, which is just a healthy dose of male android nudity. <laughs> uh, full oh. frontal Kendall. Uh which, like... I literally fell off my couch.
2: It was, it was I was
1: laughing so hard.
2: 10 second pause for me. I had to stop it and just collect right? myself before it, I you? continue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, that's <laughs> something that
1: I feel like they would have left
4: out of most films, let alone
1: a Fox <laughs> series that airs at 8 p.m. on a Monday.
4: I was watching with my roommate. Opposite the voice. <laughs> that's very Sorry. true. And uh, this was the voice. first episode she had ever seen. And so she's not really paying attention up until um, she looks up at the Screen and that happens to be like the very first thing she's actually seen of watching this show. And she's like, "What so is it?" Like-, <laughs> <laughs> like literally, she was like, "Whoa!"
3: They've got Adam Levine. We've got male android nudity.
1: Yeah, and we learned, of course, that uh, that Dorian, by uh, yeah. other standards, is is. Quote unquote. Well enough. He's packing. <laughs> He's packing heat. He's got the AK 47 equivalent <laughs> of Android Dongs. We're going to move past <laughs> that and forget I ever said the words that, Android Dongs <laughs> ever. Strike it from the record stricken. Uh-huh. Yes, stricken. Uh. There's so much there to play with, though. <laughs> Literally, yeah. yeah. Pun intended, wow. yeah. Oh. 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 <laughs> Jesus, Zach. Oh, man. All oh, right. He's
4: like Data <laughs> yeah.
1: from Star Trek. He is. Well, But Data had a, an android dong? We're still talking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he did. He's anatomically correct. We can't escape it, can we? <laughs> okay, yes, we can by talking about something else. Mainly uh. Moving on. The trial uh. that we were dropped into uh, in this episode. We, we have Maldonado, this case that had happened some months ago that she's determined to put uh, this guy away, this murderer who's this you know rich philanthropist on trial for murder, no evidence left at the scene, but two eyewitnesses. Um, and immediately you can tell how much this matters to her. She's on the stand, she can't let this guy slip away, and we, we get to see an intensity and a passion from her that we haven't before. You know, she's still, she's being a captain. A captain still wants the side of right to win. They're still determined that the law must pass, must be righteous. But this is personal. This is intensely personal. And it gets even more personal when uh, he's chastising her later. Um, and I just, I loved the the way that they did this witness thing. Because that's absolutely how they'd handle it in the future. You take them to an off-site area where they should be safe. Mm-hmm, safety <laughs> Theoretically. House. Safety first. Um, and they're just hanging out in this hotel room. And then you use you use your special 3D cameras to bring them into into the courtroom. Somehow completely, like, three-dimensional. Three dimensional, yeah. And, like, you know, if they turn around, you can see their back or, like, everyone can see. It's not, like, a flat thing. But it's the future, so it's okay.
2: It's all okay in 50 years. Everything 35 okay. years. 35 years. Who yeah. knows where they'll be in but I agree. That's sort of a really
3: nice dynamic with her in this and her intensity. And I, I loved the scene when uh, Ethan Avery was chastising her in the prison. I just I wanted her to punch him or right? do something because he was just going at her, at her hard.
1: Yeah, which made like her victory all the sweeter when she's like, you may not realize this yet, but let me lay it down for you. You're going <laughs> to jail. And a few years from now, people might like mention you in passing, but you will die alone and no one will remember you or suck it <laughs> boom and that was suck it beautiful
4: and the entire time he's like giving her this little like he's trying to be like Han- Hannibal Lecter and like yeah. psychoanalyzing her the entire time I'm like she's just taking all of this in and I can't wait for the moment in this episode when she plays him like a fiddle mm-hmm. That I was so looking forward to that and it happened and she and totally I like, did yes. when she's walking him
1: down that hallway he's like the cat that ate the canary You know, he's... It's like I've I haven't been in contact with anyone on the outside. Oh, yeah, you know, he wasn't anything. a part of this plan to get him sprung. He's just like, "Oh, my little clone <laughs> friends are doing exactly what <laughs> I would have done. My smart little clone buddies." Wrong. Bird <laughs>
3: sick bird. And
4: just the smile on her face when she turns around and he's like, "What's going on? Why am I not being released?" And all the yeah, cops come out
3: just... of nowhere, <laughs> hiding in the hallways.
4: What is with like
1: his uh his prison outfit is basically Eddie Murphy's jacket from Eddie Murphy Raw, like that <laughs> yeah. red leather oh, jacket just in orange with That's like the zipper down the
4: front. That's what inmates wear like, in the future. I guess. <laughs> it
2: has that weird, those weird hooks like on the shoulder.
4: Yeah. Area, like on the
0: chest.
2: Just because I- he's an inmate doesn't mean he can't be fashionable. I guess that's
1: true. He is rich. <laughs> he is rich enough that he could probably get some fancy prison He
4: paid he can for afford. a
2: redesign on the prison uniforms, probably
4: because he's worth it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> just hey, fabulous. Hey. You're worth it. You're worth it, you're <laughs> worth viewers. It. You're and worth Avery. it, Avery. Yeah,
1: you are worth it, viewers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening or watching as we talk about <laughs> Oh dumbs. Right. So um, he 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 committed this murder. And then all of a sudden, uh, these witnesses, suddenly, a, a mysterious gunman shows up after a nice little bit of character development between them, blasts an MX in the face, kicks open the door, and shoots our witness. And it's, like, so horrifying. It's like, um, if anyone watches Doctor Who, in oh. the seventh season finale, they were doing this thing
3: where, like... Spoiler alert.
1: Well, there is there is a character <laughs> who dies, and she's, like, she's she's... Uh, she's being projected asked, She's like else. astral projecting and she's like, I think I've been murdered and then she dies. Ugh. And it was a lot like yeah. that where like everyone in oh, the courtroom was so wasn't sure what was happening <laughs> but she was reacting to actually getting shot. Well, um, you're, you're, it you're seeing
2: it. Yeah, you're seeing it, and there's nothing, like, for especially for Captain Maldonado, she can't do anything, and I think for her, there's nothing worse in the world than seeing something horrible and not being able to do anything about it. Yeah, she had totally. a great reaction to that scene where she's like, I think the, it's been
3: compromised, get to
2: the safe house.
3: Yeah. You know, and they show up, and it's too, too
1: late. Too late. Way too late. But apparently, the gunman is Ethan Avery, and we find this out uh, through Maya, who, like, you're right, I loved her, too, and, like, not just that, like... Just as like an acting nerd, I'm like, ah, oh, what a great part! She like has so much to do in this in this episode, and and she was great in it. This girl who can communicate with the dead, kind of, sort of, um, yeah. And it was an interesting way for Almost Human to introduce something that other people could consider supernatural through technology. Um, this cerebellix procedure, which like a big enough concept that it could merit its own episode. I think and so too. Right. We left her alive at the end of this episode. She may come back.
4: I hope she does. I, I hope she does too. Like
1: is, she left enough of an impression that if she came back, you know, two seasons from now, I'd be I'd be into it.
2: Um, yeah. I I love the just the idea behind the cerebellix uh, procedure that to first to enhance intelligence. It's where it begins, right? Yeah. You start with I'm going to increase somebody's IQ, their thinking level. Yeah, and then, the reaction to their senses. Yeah, and then that elevates accidentally, as most scientific discoveries do, into this psychic realm or whatever. I mean, I, my personal theory on the whole psychic thing, to nerd out for a moment, is Please. if there's like a sixth sense that we that we have, that there's a, a spectrum of information that we can pull from at any time, that we just are not capable of perceiving at that's what like what we see as psychics. They're not really talking to the dead, but they're pulling from this unseen field of information and if you're heightening your brain to a certain point that you can access this new realm, these new things that we just haven't discovered yet, that would be a really cool way. For this to have been achieved, and they still in the show, they still don't really know why. They said there have been cases of this, these like semi psychic events with people that get the procedure, and she's just like accepted it. She's just like the next day, she's like, "Oh, now I talk to dead people." Yeah, that was kind of funny. I I touch their stuff and I can talk to them.
1: Yeah, but like (laughs) she gets to talk to everyone, but the people who matter, and that was so tragic and sad and like beautiful. And we'll get more into that. Uh, a little later on, but w- what I love about this is they're what they're alleging by doing this is pretty big. They're alleging that in this universe, or even just in the world, that our souls or whatever you might call them scientifically do live on to an extent. What? That our after our brain functions have stopped, uh, somehow our thought patterns still exist. Yeah.
4: Yeah that's a huge implication and if if they do choose to bring her back you know that could mm-hmm. You know, bring up important plot points down the road. I really like the moment she had when she was um even perceiving their auras because she could do that as well. Yeah. It's not just talking to the dead; she can see people's auras now. She's like, "Kennex, you're really red. You're really angry." He's like, "Well, it's the same color as apples and Christmas." Yeah. Um, but she looks at John and she sees an aura from John, and so that's very interesting. That synthetic soul gives off an actual aura. He's oh, like, it's mean, very um,
1: peaceful for,
3: not from Dorian. not from
1: Kennex? Oh, from I'm Dorian. sorry, Dorian. Ugh, well, yes. I think synthetic
3: that Dorian gets the Peaceful, easy side. <laughs> but it's not necessarily
1: right. an aura. She just like she's like I don't get anything from you. It's just very peaceful. Like I feel like that's you know him being an android. But what that does bring up for me, and I, that I think is very interesting, is this idea of synthetic soul. If um if she can get human souls and human brain patterns from this cerebellics procedure, what does that mean for a synthetic soul after it's moved on? For example, the other DRNs that went quote-unquote crazy, are their thought patterns still somehow in the ether somewhere? And at some point, will Dorian start to hear them? I mean, that's like a huge leap because he
3: doesn't have, you know, the cerebellics.
1: But we don't know a lot about his model type in the first
3: place. Or can those human souls also be put back into Android models as well? Can entirely they too, can possible they transfer either way
1: and they could have entirely too much D on their hands <laughs> to deal with I can't get over it uh-huh. I can't get over it my immature 8 year old brain just can't get over how funny it is that he literally off camera whips it out, and Kennex is horrified. Um, <laughs> is that he bel- for
0: two people? <laughs>
1: yeah. What do you even do with it? Uh, Same do thing with- you do.
2: Nothing. nothing. Sick
1: burn Dorian. Oh, coming at you again. Oh. I love this
2: show. Whoever programmed (laughs) Dorian's sarcasm unit deserves awards. Right?
1: (laughs) He's like, he's Comedy Bot 5000 from uh, from (laughs) Futurama. But like, that's, I'm listening to myself and I'm just like, this is the first time I've said, I love this show. Like, this was the episode that cemented it for me. Like, there's, you know, I think every series you have that moment. You know, you've watched enough episodes that you can make an educated opinion, whether it's not worth your time and you're going to fade out. You like it enough that you'll watch every episode, but you pay attention less and less, or you feel compelled to watch it just because you've invested so much time, or you just start to fall in love with it. And, like, you know, I I do all these fall shows. I do this. I do Sleepy Hollow. I do Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I mean, with Sleepy Hollow, was immediate. This and Shield it took a few episodes, but like, man, do I love this show now! I love this show, and uh, you know, I, let's let's jump into this topic now because it's it's all I think a certain segment of our listeners can think about is that the show has been airing not necessarily out of order, but we skipped over, we leapfrogged over. Uh, a few episodes. Like three
3: or four episodes, yeah.
1: Three episodes. So, uh, when the show originally started airing, we saw the pilot. And then the day after, the show that was, bi- the episode that was billed as the second episode or the second part of the pilot was actually episode five. Skin was the fifth episode of Almost Human produced. It was mm-hmm. the second one aired. And then in, su- in succession, we saw episodes five, six, seven, and now eight. And then next week, we're jumping back to episode three. So what we've seen so far, with the exception of that gap between the pilot and skin, has been in order, and it has felt like a natural progression. There was some weirdness, I think. I agree. uh, Mm -hmm. When we went, we watched episode one, and then episode two just felt different. It was moving a bit faster. You know, it was kind of like a darker episode. The relationship between Dorian and Kenix had jumped forward a bit but this nice this run of episodes has been so nice i almost don't want them to go back at all i and i know that that's like sacrilege to anyone who loves television you want to watch everything but i just want to keep keep it on uh, this it's rolling nicely i don't want to interrupt it with what are apparently very fiercely standalone episodes which are all that we've gotten anyway
2: well, the, the positive side that could be what happens if, if you're at Fox and you're looking at these run of episodes, you've seen all eight of the first episodes at this point when yeah. you've got to make that decision and you see like, well, you know, these are the strong, these are stronger episodes. What if we took episodes two and three, which three we're going to see next week. Yeah. But we took these episodes, we maybe retooled them a little bit to fit them in later, do like a couple scenes of a rewrite and then we slide them in. If you're afraid that the show might not get traction because really i agree this was my this was my episode where it's just like gone from like i really like the show too i love this show i'm never gonna i'm on stop. board yeah, yeah. I, I, um, go ahead. oh no 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 right, i was say,
3: i disagree with your apprehension
2: really but we can, you can finish and i'll go back to that okay, okay. well if they if they retool the episodes to fit in, then we don't have that concern of, like, we're going back and then we're going to get another—the relationship's going to change a little bit. So it might be for the best because, like, they might have just wanted us to hit that point, hit the point that you and I have reached this week yeah. early on so that we keep watching.
1: But do you know what? Do you know what I wish? And I know <laughs> no TV network would ever do this. I almost wish that when they air the episode next week, it opens with, like— just a title card or a message from J.H. Wyman that's like, so, listen, fans, or, like, people, don't be confused. (laughs) We're filling in some gaps. Like, I just want every person who watches it, who likes this show, to understand what it is and why they're watching it and have some context. Like, even just, like, a flashback, like, a scene at the top and bottom and that the whole thing's just a flashback, just... So that we don't lose any viewers. The show is doing fine in the ratings and and DVR, DVR is helping it a lot. But now that we're so attached to this show, I don't want to leave anything to chance.
4: Well, I'm personally really worried about them starting off out of order in the first place. Okay. Um I heard I don't know because I didn't watch it on its original run, but I did hear that when they originally showed Firefly, they showed it out of order. They were showing episodes out of order. Yeah. And anytime you talk about Firefly and Fox and the way things were handled, <laughs> red, you know, alarm bells start going off, right. going danger Will Robinson.
1: I, I but- know, but and and I see your point, but with that show, a, a few factors, first of all. One thing to note is that Firefly, when it got canceled, was pulling a little under three and a half million viewers a week, which, uh, any, sh- which like revolution when it was like at its height was pulling three and a half million viewers and considered a huge hit. Like, any show would be killing for those kind of
2: numbers in the demo right now. Networks would slaughter lambs on altars (laughs) for those numbers. It's
1: true. It's true. The producers of any comedy on broadcast would slaughter for those numbers (laughs) because all of them are under two million. But, uh, first of all, they aired that show way out of order. They started with episode two, and then it was just uh, ping-ponging around episodes for the entire run of the show. Uh so no one was able to get a fix on what it was. We're safer because it's a procedural. Because it's not very serialized so far, and it's still a case-of-the-week format, It's I feel like the executives will give it a little more rope because it is familiar. It's not a completely new-world vision of a sci-fi western out-there thing. It's not... It's a little less original. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's not taking as big of a risk
3: creatively. Uh, okay. But well, now I, I want to talk with yeah. Ryan. Yeah. I disagree, and I'll tell you why. I'm not only going to disagree with you, I'm going to give you a nice segue. Beautiful. Beautiful. So <laughs> Those are my favorite. I know. They're awesome. <laughs> so here's why I disagree. So I agree. I am enjoying the show more and more every week. We're getting a lot of great character development. If you think about music, okay. you think about an album... The first three, four, five songs of an album are always the better songs. You get to songs seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, you stop caring. So is this a potential where they said, you know what, episode one, two, three, four? These are awesome. Let's go to five, maybe a little bit weaker episode, but get the viewer some stuff, get them involved, get them in in Gorn, and then jump back to two, three, and four, which could be very, very strong episodes. We don't know that yet. Television
1: doesn't work that way, though. (laughs) I can't. I mean, granted, if you pressed me, I could probably come up with a few series that were that creatively strong from the very top of the show, but it's so rare. You're still finding the voice, you're still getting to know the characters, and especially on broadcast, the first three or four episodes are essentially all pilots. You're reminding, giving a chance for new viewers to hop in without a lot of investment, so you're basically repeating the concept for a few weeks, and... I don't know. I honestly don't know because I don't know what the episodes And maybe episodes that's what we've about. gotten
3: because there hasn't been an excessive amount of development. It's been very, very mild in terms yeah. of what we're learning about each character each week. Maybe in 2, 3, and 4, there's a lot of character development where now people that are bought into the show are going to say, hey, you know what? I like these characters a little bit, but now I like them even more.
4: Well, do you think maybe 2, 3, and 4 uh, have more to do with the syndicate that we were talking in the syndicate. about? syndicate. Oh, in-, in-, syndicate. In-, in syndicate. In syndicate, as we were
1: reminded by by a viewer. Um, also, while we're on the topic, I just want to give a shout-out to uh, Tamor Muggo, who is watching us on the YouTube Thank and you. gave us a nice bit of info uh, that the name for Kenix's ex- ex-girlfriend was in the pilot. It was Anna, uh, which we had missed. And we we really appreciate it whenever fans uh reach out and help us. We, if you guys don't know, we watch these shows imme- and then immediately come into the studio and tape them. Uh, there isn't really a ton of time to go over stuff. We're just going off of first impressions. We're trying to get it to you as quickly as possible. So, your help and your understanding help us make a better show. So, thank you to Taymor Mugo for that little bit of info.
3: And as I said before, segue. Yes. Check us out on the iTunes.
1: Yeah. So, hey, folks, you like this show, I don't like the you? Film. You're listening to it, you should. you're watching it. That's kind of crazy how much you like this show that you would watch it or listen to it every week. It is a free podcast, free content. After Buzz TV, we put out 60 shows a week, all free, all for you, and uh, none of us get paid. We all do it because we're passionate about the show. Now, you may be at home, and you may be thinking, you know what, I love this show so much, what can I do to help? I can tell you, one thing that helps us in a huge way, you don't even understand how huge... Go on the iTunes, slap us with a five-star rating, give us a review, let us know what you think about the show, how are we doing, are we Send addressing... Us
2: comments, questions. Yeah. It makes our day, seriously. It
1: seriously makes our day, and more than that, it helps keep the show highly searchable. There's something in the internet called SEO, search engine optimization. The shows that have the most ratings are the easiest to find, and it helps us grow our audience and get it to more people, and that helps us... Get more guests, get set visits, make the show as amazing
3: as it possibly could be. Yeah, because the show just recently aired out in Japan as well. Fox took it off away... To the other side of the world. We're international now at Almost Human.
1: Almost Human is international. We're international. And we want to make it the best show that it can be. So we need your help. Go on iTunes. Slap us with a review. And it also helps our bosses know what we're doing. Here's another thing you could do. If you don't have access to iTunes or for whatever reason you can't figure out the review system. Some folks have come to me and they've said, Matt Lieberman, this is incredibly complex. I'll tell you what you can do. Email info at afterbuzzTV.com. Subject line... Almost Human is your best podcast. Maybe with an inquisitive question mark like I just what? phrased it. <laughs> 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 Almost Human point. is best your best
2: podcast?
3: podcast? Question mark. And the, and the subject
2: mark. of the email is just yes. Yes.
1: Uh, <laughs> and then just let let our bosses know how much you like the show. We really appreciate it. And we really appreciate everyone who tweets at us during the week about the show. We mm-hmm. love it as much as you do.
4: Gets us really excited. Yes.
1: All right. So let's get back into it. I don't want to waste any more time with self-plugging. Okay. So, uh, Kennex... He is still in the back of his mind. He's thinking about it. He's thinking about Detective Stahl. I mean, Who he's is a lonely it? boy. He's not using his fang for anything. <laughs> um, and he's, you know, recording the game at home while Stahl's getting updates from her MX. And I'm like, I'm really... I liked this bit, not just because we learned that she's a sports fan, which doesn't surprise me at all because she's just, you know, kind of like rough and tough kind of chick. Uh, but that she's using her MX for something a little fun. And like... It kind of gets a sense of her personality. She's addicted to the job, but she doesn't want to miss a thing with the sports. He waits to watch the whole thing in sequence so that he can enjoy it. She's just like, no, I want it now. And that's like, it's it's just a fun little thing that helps explain who she is a little bit more.
2: Yeah, it's a great little window into her. We've spent most of our time just she's off in the corner being attractive. And now we actually get to know her, and she finally, finally leaves the office.
4: Yeah, I love seeing that because the, I, the last couple of episodes, I've been like, "Oh, when is she gonna get out she, there?" Is she
3: really a cop, or is she like Rudy, just hangs out in the basement? <laughs> but then she she
2: finally leaves and immediately gets kidnapped.
1: Well, okay, but not first, immediately. First, does some pretty serious investigating. Oh, yeah. right. And fa- finds the crucial piece of evidence. Good cop. Put in a bad situation, you know, sweep in the house with the MX. Well, she finds both. Gone. It
3: was her idea to take the information out of the, the shot MX unit to send it to Rudy so he could analyze it. Yeah. Which then Kennex later discovers is missing the earpiece so they can find out how they're tracking them.
1: Yeah. No. And
3: also the information about the cloning. She's a very, very good cop and she does not
1: crack under the pressure of being kidnapped. Um, which, like, okay, these clones kill everybody, they kill everybody they come across. She finds crucial evidence. Likely sent it to her bosses at the police station, and they didn't kill her. I don't know. Maybe they were like, "Okay, yes, we'll use her as as a bargaining chip." Which good plan if they had actually taken him out of prison. But it was just like it stuck out to me. Like, I like, I guess, I guess all you have to do is just like find their house and be. I don't know. For a hot second, I'm like, oh, my God, no. They're going to kidnap her, and she's going to be, like, their weird family yeah. sex Ugh. slave. Puts the
3: lotion on the skin? Oh, man. man. No, but,
1: like, I don't know. They're all creepy. They all have the same brain. They don't get out much. I'm just <laughs> saying gift-wrapped. Terrifying <laughs> thought indeed. Minga Kelly walks
2: into your house. What do you do? What do tie her up you to do? a chair? Yeah, pop off. quiz, hot <laughs> shot.
1: Detective <laughs> Star walks into your house. She discovers your creepy clone <laughs> basement. What do you do? <laughs> totally. Oh, gross. Okay. But um, what I really loved about their scene together at the end of the episode, not only because it was prophesized by Maya Cerebellix crazy psychic, was it was just. A very lived-in, easy moment. He's enjoying his soccer game, but he, he he couldn't be bothered to leave the station. She's there late too, and they just share this quiet moment. And I don't know. Everyone else on the show, especially Dorian, has been saying how much these two have in common. And hey, it finally John. No, well, no, it was just it was finally a case of show don't tell. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like we saw it, and I bought it for a hot second and I'm like okay now you can push this on me
2: well that moment at the end when she walks in with the bourbon I mean there's not a lot sexier than a woman walking in and handing you a glass of a whiskey wanting to watch sports yeah
4: <laughs> I can I,
2: think of some stuff
4: uh, I- <laughs> <laughs> I really like how Dorian's basically, you know, been prodding, like, kind of wanting to play matchmaker. uh This, I thought that was well, really gets funny.
1: Bored in his weird, creepy clone basement <laughs> He's apartment. Like, I got to
4: get out of there. I got to move out. But, uh but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It was nice to, instead of talking about how much of a great couple they'd be, it was nice to actually see them just have a moment, sit down together, and that was the other kind of weird thing about, like, oh, you two should hook up. It's like they've. They haven't really talked on their own a whole lot. So it's like right? a Shakespeare play. Nice. You
3: met one scene and now you're making love. Which, like, <laughs> hey. now,
1: now I feel like when we get in episode two, three, and four, one of them is just going to be the two of them sharing the screen together the whole time and going through some kind of ordeal that would maybe plant this thought in Dorian's head <laughs> uh, instead of it just kind of occurring to him. But um, I'm sorry, I can't get my head out of uh, Dorian's little android bunker with all these MXs. And it, it further illustrates how different he is from everybody else. In that, first of all, he's just he's the only he's the only black android, uh, only DRN. He sticks out like a store of thumb. Everyone else has the same face. Everyone else has the same face. Well, there's
2: like the some of them are darker or like one of the. There really are three like, guys the, yeah. who play
1: the MXs. Three guys who play the MXs. They all have the same voice, but it's it's three different actors. Who play all the MXs right. on the show, but it just it just goes to show, kind of even further how lonely his existence is. It like it you know his relationship with Kennex matters that much more because he doesn't have any other relationships.
2: Yeah. Well, what I thought was great, I loved in that scene where he goes, "I need my own place." Yeah. Like the the idea of him needing wanting is something that I love when they play with because it's and what this episode just dives right into head first is that it's he's looking for a sense of self. And then we get that played with again when we deal with the clones. And the the clones are in there, they all have this goal they're like, wouldn't you want to save yourself? But that's he's not them just yeah. because they share DNA. And it's like these are two different people. They have no sense of self. And Dorian is trying to find his sense of self. While he's there, the MXs have no sense of self because they're just mechanical.
1: But I feel like these clones, they do have a sense of self. It's just misguided. It's a shared sense of self that has been kind of pushed on them by this father figure of the, the original Avery. Um, you know, it, the, like Stahl makes this point of like, why are you trying to help this guy who kept you trapped in a basement for 10 years, you know, and kept you a secret and didn't let you live a life? Because these are people. They're
3: clones, but they're people. I do love the great quote, though, that the one unit had. He said, he is us. How far would you go to save yourself? Yeah. So, like, technically, he's them. So his thoughts are their thoughts.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's... I wonder... And it it, it begs... One of the things I love so much about the show is that every episode seems to bring up these big philosophical questions, uh, which any great sci-fi show should do, is um, if you were in that situation and, you know... Another you was somewhere. How would you react? How far would you go? And I'm trying to think, if I was captured, would I save myself? How far would I go? What tactics would I use? And I kind of fear for my safety because I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how far I'd
2: go. I'd Fun probably off. I'd probably just be afraid. Well, then you start thinking about what does the you that's captured want? Does the you that's captured, if it's going to end well, for, if it's going to end poorly for both of you, do the other you think... Just Get stay away from here. here. Yeah. yeah, run. Go live a life. No. Do
1: everything I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done and have <laughs> accomplished. Yeah. I go to the gym.
4: <laughs> and even Maybe. within their group, I mean, you can still see that there are differences yeah. in personality. Like there was sort of the alpha one the and then there was the one that you could tell had a temper and everything like that. So like even even when you share the same DNA and you have you're literally locked in a basement together, yeah. like there's still differences there. And I, I thought that about was about multiplicity.
3: It's <laughs> like how it slowly gets progressively like retarded <laughs> down the line. Aww he clones himself and clones himself and then clones himself again mm-hmm. anybody am I, am I, uh, I've, uh, I've never seen the my, film multiplicity i do have a
1: f- photographic keaton? like thing of the poster where it's just michael
4: keaton michael keaton yeah. michael
1: keaton yeah which like now? wait clo- it was michael his, keaton his clone yeah. i have to see this his movie clone clones
3: himself <laughs> and it gets progressively like slower because it's right. like, it's, it's, like of... it's
1: like a VHS dub yeah. like the more you copy something, the the less information it has It's like House right. of Cosbys It's like House <laughs> of Cosbys It's 100 percent like House of Cosbys. If those of you at home have never seen a wonderful internet video called House of Cosbys I highly highly recommend it. it will be the highlight of your month. Okay
3: but we do see though with the clones, they do try to save themselves at the end when they realize that their plan has been busted up yeah you know and the, the hologram gets haywire, they try to flee and they try to save themselves.
2: Yeah, well, that's, I mean, this is why they're brought into existence in the first place. We get this doctor who we, I, I freeze framed and like read his little note that he, he that yeah. Detective Stallman. It was about back. the science. Yeah, and he's, no. he really wants to study them. I mean, the fact that they have different personalities is a testament to what he was doing. It's yeah. It's like, you have, so you have like these four guys being raised, the the exact same DNA to the RNA. I don't know how to, I'm not, good <laughs> at down, to yeah, down, down to the
1: chromosome, down to that's the ribonucleic
2: chromosome. acid. Um, yeah. <laughs> But right. they, what? but you now you have an older child version, a younger child version, a middle child version, and mm-hmm. how much does that play into it? And that's what this guy was trying to study, albeit a non-sanctioned, illegal study. Right. Um, right. And then he freaks out when he's like supposed to not be able to release it and everything.
1: Well, the, it goes back to your point about the cerebellics procedure and how, in science, it's often it's uh, it's the accidents, the things that we're not prepared for, mm-hmm. that are the most astounding. And I think that we, you know, cloning is a big enough deal. But discovering what we probably would about the human psyche from his experiment and from being able to study uh, all of these clones in their, in their natural habitat, all being raised the same way, yet developing personalities, likely would have changed, forever changed our understanding of human psychology. Period. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have to move on just for time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk about... I want to talk about Dorian and I want to talk about Maya and their very sweet relationship. We touched on it a little bit before, but, um, this is not the first time that we've had Dorian kind of like make a connection with someone, uh, and have it really, truly affect him and try to affect them back. We, We saw it back in skin when, uh, it was that poor Android with the human DNA that got decommissioned. Um, you know, he really does feel for other people. His empathy, I think, is his strongest attribute. Not even just as an android, but as a person. Like, it, it, it takes someone very, very special to have that level of empathy. I'm honestly jealous of it. <laughs> it's true. You know, like... It, it, what more could you want than to really understand another
2: person, well,
1: especially if you're not considered a person?
2: Yeah, he doesn't just help out when he sees an opportunity. He went out of his way in this episode to go look up, probably fill out some requisition paperwork, and right, Get and, her these possible things that just might help her,
1: right? And he could have, you know, been laughed out of uh, out of the station. Like, why would a why would a droid? Why would a synthetic want files? I'm not releasing this to you. You know, he potentially risked favor in the department to get this woman something that she desperately needed, which is just her ability to get closure and to potentially to talk to her parents and the look on her face <sighs> when she heard their voices. And, like, just I nearly started high. tearing up. It was, like, it was just... It was a level of deep, real emotion that you don't get on a cop show and you're lucky to get three times a season on a sci-fi show. It just... it. Really was beautiful, and it's one of those things that they're like that moment, even more than any of the cool sci-fi stuff or the funny characters or or you know anything. That to me is why I want to see you know seven more seasons of this show if they can give me more of that because like that's that's the real juice, man. I'm sorry, and I'm we're getting on. it. I mean,
3: no, we got it with really Rudy good. a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. then we're getting it with her. So they're they're progressively adding it more and more. Where people are wanting that, obviously, because that's why they keep putting it in. So.
4: Feelings, yeah. No, when when he brought out, well, when, all Dorian when first, wants is feels. <laughs> it's true. It's what he gives all the fans. Sorry, I cut but off. um, but when uh, <laughs> when he when they're first talking, um, and you find out this is why she got the procedure, I had a feeling that this was that he was going to do something to try to help her because you know that's just so much a part of his nature. Like you're bringing up, like we know that's a thing about his character now. But at the end, um, when he hands her the box and you know walks away. I was wondering, I was like, okay, what is she going to pull out? You know, what survived? Yeah. And just when she pulls out the doorknob, mm-hmm. like, I thought that was perfect because it was just so simple. It's it was a metal
3: doorknob, yeah, it's easy.
4: Yeah, it was like, okay, yeah, that would make sense that it would survive a fire. But it was also just very, very simple because that's something, you know, it's the entrance to your home. Yes. And so it was very simple, but very poignant at the same time. The door like, once oh. closed, now
3: open. I agree. Deep. Oh. All right. What else we got? Hey, we got to talk about Dorian and his superhuman ability again. Oh yeah.
1: Which was <laughs> specifically specifically
3: Point pointed out, out this week
1: because he should not be able to do that.
3: To run that fast in front the van. They
1: I don't think anyone on the police force is aware that he's able to flip a van over.
2: Yeah. I don't think he knew. It was. It was almost. It almost looked like an accident. But then it's very clear that van was just driving away. It had a busted tire, but yeah. he grabs it. And he yeah. ran it down too.
4: And Sh- he looked scared. You're right. It looked yeah. like it surprised him. He was like, "What just well, happened?" It was
1: shocking. I don't think he's aware of it because he he feels like one of us. He feels like a, one of us. How shocked and terrified would you be to discover that you had that kind of power if it was never if it never occurred to you and you never had received any inkling of it. Until, you know, like, how old is he? He's maybe
2: a year old. Maybe. He got decommissioned pretty early into life. Yeah, we don't know what he was doing before he got decommissioned. So it's almost like I I was just rewatching Amazing Spider-Man the other day, and it's that moment where, like, you get your powers, and he's ripping things off the wall because you don't realize how strong you all of a sudden are. Maybe this is his moment of like, I didn't know my body could do that.
1: Yeah.
4: Well, am I
1: dangerous?
4: Yeah. What I worry about is what did happen. Like what did like why? Yeah, you're right. Why was he just decommissioned? And, you know, they say in the intro to each episode, you know, that's one of the crazy ones. Well, what happened with Dorian and what does that mean for future episodes? Is there going to be a moment where he just loses control of himself? And I brought
3: that up a couple weeks ago saying I'm waiting for the episode where he does something emotionally based. And the reason that these models are dangerous was because they were emotional and they were uncontrollable. Yeah. So there's going to be an episode, I think, in the future where something happens that he does something that
0: you're like, whoa.
4: Well, I worry a little bit. Um, I, I get reminded of the um – animated version of metropolis you know just you know you have this really innocent you know um humanoid being but it's there's you know there's such dark you know potential there with what it was actually meant for and it's like well what if the person who was actually designing uh the drns had you know um a, a negative motive. purpose, yeah. something that is, something darker. Yeah.
1: That is interesting because we, we've yet to really explore that part of the mythology, namely who designed these androids. You know, uh, Rudy maintains them. He's definitely an enthusiast. I don't think he invented them.
2: No, and Agreed. and one thing, while I was researching, I was looking at the, the episode order thing, J. H. Wyman made a point of saying that after these... Episodes come and finish. They're doing of all this like flipping around. Once it's done, which is around episode seven or eight.
1: That which tonight was episode eight. You're right. That it gets far more serialized. They can't air them out of order at that.
2: Yeah, moment. and I think he said he's going to start dealing with stuff like where did Dorian come from. Great, good. So that I'm so excited for.
1: Very excited. Okay, uh, I think on that note, it may be time to go into predictions.
0: And now you're after buzz.
1: Okay, so he, let's let's pick up all the threads that we have so far in this story. I know that we're, we're taking a jump back in time next week, but we can still look ahead to what we think the show is giving us. So we have Dorian, who every week is making more emotional connections and is becoming more self-aware, but is also capable of things, dangerous things, that he was not aware of. Um, he has this strength that is potentially frightening, potentially dangerous to our human compadres. Um, we've got Maldonado and uh, the the defense attorney who played Sheriff Andy on Eureka. Um a little moment there. And, and like he didn't Mother ask her, her out, he just like you look very nice today. And I'm like just ask her out. I couldn't <laughs> figure out where he was from. Thank Sheriff you Andy, Sheriff so <laughs> Sheriff Andy from Eureka with a shoot in Canada. It's all it's yeah. all the same pool, all the sci-fi shows. Um and uh, so we got we got her. She doesn't trust anyone in the department. Kennex is dealing with the loss of Anna and her betrayal. And he still doesn't know everything that happened with the in-syndicate attack. Um, D-bag Detective Paul we don't know <laughs> that much about. Stall is warming up to Kennex and maybe likes him a bunch. We don't know yet. And uh about
3: this much, yeah,
1: <laughs> give or take. Not Dorian. Take. About oh, about okay. a not not a Dorian length. Can we just, can we call, can we call, like, 14 inches a Dorian?
2: And it's just a unit of measurement. What's the over-under uh, on his... Uh...
1: Let's not even explore it and just strike it from the record again. I should be thrown How about we just get these studio. predictions out there? I should be thrown eight Dorians in the air. Anyway, uh, um, Zach, uh, predictions for next week and for the future?
2: Um, well, just for the future... I, I think we're going to find out, well, obviously more about Dorian's past, but I think we're going to find out that somebody in somebody involved in the in-syndicate, is it the in-syndicate? It's just
1: in-syndicate. In syndicate in syndicate is just like somehow
2: involved in whatever got the DRNs decommissioned. I think there's going to tie in. I'm still looking forward to seeing where the ex-girlfriend comes back, be- Anna, where she yeah. comes back into play. Because um, I think her and Dorian, I think they're going to wind up being involved, not the two of them directly, but their storylines are going to collide at some point. That it just in the right time to be dramatic for Kennex.
3: Great, I think we'll see more with the syndicate as well because the the trailer showed us like a, almost in time version of a heart failure because the guy didn't pay his bill for his <laughs> fake heart. So mm-hmm. I, I think we're going to get more with the syndicate maybe controlling that. So I think is a way for them to make money, and I also would like to see more with uh, Anna as well. So great, Megan.
4: Um, yeah, it was funny that you bring that up because I was looking at it. It was like, in that's time. the cheap version of Repo, man. It's yeah. like, I'm too lazy to go <laughs> repossess the heart. I'm just going to turn it off. Um, so that'll be interesting. I think you're absolutely right. I think this, um, in Syndicate, not the Syndicate, they're too cool to be the Syndicate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think in Syndicate, it definitely has a lot of stuff in play. We'll definitely see Anna come back. I'm. Very interested to see just more character development. I want to know about Rudy. I, you know, m- we got a little bit of Rudy last week, but I want to know his backstory. I want to know, um, you know, all these people's backstory. So we'll get more into that. But I think you're absolutely right. I think there's something darker. Matthew Lieberman, <laughs> your
1: turn. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just. I'm all about. The Dorian self-awareness, strength storyline, and when that's gonna boil over—that to me is like one of the most fascinating things on TV right now, because we don't get characters like this who, you know, are in the nascent stages of like childhood, basically, mm-hmm. um, who are gifted with this level of power. It—I know we mentioned Firefly earlier, but it just it reminds me of uh, Summer Glau's character. Very, very excited about that. Uh, and hopefully we won't have to wait too long to get back into the proper flow of episodes. I don't know what's airing after episode three airs next week, but as soon as we know, we'll tell you. And we'll bring it to you live. Yes. Okay. Uh, where can the people Megan. find you, uh,
3: Megan? Ladies first. Uh,
4: You can find me at at the Manguin on Twitter and also Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on AfterBuzz.
3: Okay. Ryan Hooks. You can find me at RyanHooks92 on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Yahoo. Also on TV's Revolution. And tomorrow, Mob City. Oh, I'm oh, Frank exciting. Derenbaum, TNT. I've heard that that is good. Amazing.
2: Zach Wilson, where are you You can to find, find me on Twitter at that Zach Wilson. T H A T Z A C H W I L S O N.
1: Okay, uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. I also joined Instagram
3: this week. Yeah. Oh, I know. I I'm going to post a picture of you. I took the plunge. Welcome, I'll post, brother. I'll
1: post pictures and videos and stuff. Uh-huh. But that is at Matty Lieberman, because all the other good <laughs> derivations of my name were taken. Uh So that's Matt Y. Lieberman. Uh, you can also find me here on Afterbuzz TV on Sleepy Hollow, Marvel's Agents of Shield, the season finale of Sons of Anarchy, and Betas, which was supposed to start last week but is starting this Thursday. Thank you everyone for joining us. We'll you. see you next week. Good night. Night.
0: From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Afterbuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the Afterbuzz TV network.